Percent 420 podcast number 21. Mm-hmm. We're going to get these we fucking things uploaded soon. Yes, we will. Anna's working on it mm-hmm. as we False speak. promises. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a guest with us. Jordan is going to talk shit with us today. What's up? And whose is this? Oh, that was mine. Right. Oh, I thought it was Jordan's. Pointing fingers right <laughs> away. Right right <laughs> All right, so we did a trifecta today with um, a little bit of ghost train haze, a little bit of Durban poison, and then some white wedding number three, which kind of knocks you out. So hopefully, we're going to be knocked give us out. A nice, smooth, yet balanced, you know, yet balanced high. Anna's like the official starter, right? Whenever we have a, a filter, filter joint, one of those new AG filter joints <laughs> that only youngsters do. I've literally never smoked a joint with an actual filter in it like this. Mm. Well, filter version. Filter version. Yeah. <laughs> I think packs it really, really tight. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the filter. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably be on I like- can hand roll it right now for you, for everyone. Hmm. It's 100% the filter's fault. That's right. Goddamn filters here. That's what we try to tell these kids. I guess yeah. we have to work hard for the things we want. <laughs> right. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of shit happening, yeah. right, in the world today. Mm. Gas. On the East Coast, mm, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, like yeah. getting hacked. I Man, didn't see that people yet. Up. Update me. So I guess like the major pipeline from Texas that feeds the East Coast got hacked by potentially some Russian hackers. Oh, wow. um, and so, like, several states have declared a state of emergency. I didn't know what that meant. What did it mean, hacked? Like cut? Like actually cut? No, like like because it's all, yeah, it's all, you know. Digitally hacked. Mm -hmm. Digitally hacked. I didn't know what that meant. And so they're holding it for ransom. Mm. Yeah, so. um, I didn't know that part. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I just heard everybody's backed up, like, uh, what's it called, like, uh, Christ, like when people buy a bunch of stuff. Oh, like yeah. Panic yeah. buying. Was that panic? <laughs> panic buying. Yeah, panic, yeah. Buying, panic buying. Yeah, yeah. Panic buying gasoline. <laughs> yeah, filling up with canisters and all that. Yeah, all sorts of crazy canisters. Not even like regulated stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like mm, there was even like a, now I don't know how fucking true this was, but you know, like a video of some lady filling gasoline in plastic bags and putting it in her <laughs> car. I, I, I've like seen memes going ar- around about this. Yeah, where people like literally have bagfuls of gas and yeah, trying to sell it like that. Wow. Yeah. So dangerous. That's scary to when like things actually matter because it's like the toilet paper didn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when it does matter, people are just going to freak out and the store is going to be empty immediately. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So I was telling him, I'm... Well, I mean, it affects food prices, too. It's not just right. the gas yeah. zone. So I've like, heard that prices have been going up. They have. Inflation uh, is inevitable. And with food, specifically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've noticed that. So, yet. I don't know much about hacking, but, you know, what you see in the movies, you hack the hacker. Like, what's the plan here? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know there was the terrorist thing because they have the rule yeah. that you don't give in to terrorists, yeah, right? I just thought it was like a uh, gas shortage. I didn't realize it was all this hacking. No, it was I like a legit, uh, like, and, I, and then cyber I heard this attack. guy explaining it like the pipe itself mm-hmm. is actually like fifty different pipes mm-hmm. inside of one larger pipe, okay. and each one has like a different um, 
mixture because there's so many different like California he said different grades of oh yeah, yeah. and then for like industrial mm-hmm. or for machinery yeah, yeah there's like 50 different types that they refine it into and so that's all cut off yeah as well yeah yeah oh, it's shit. interesting mm-hmm. yeah. this might burn you what uh, it's interesting how much is vulnerable <laughs> digital to digital terrorism yeah you know I heard like because like, it's Tesla's, gonna fall it's yeah. gonna fall <laughs> you get a light on fire this might burn you <laughs> <laughs> But like Teslas can, you know, theoretically be hacked. So I heard someone talking about that. Yeah, you would think you anything that's computer that could like drive right. the car off the road on the highway, or right? Or into uh, Makes crowded me feel people. Very safe. Uh, Tesla said, or, uh, "Tesla, what's his name? Elon, Elon. Musk." Yeah. yeah, he said that there's, you know, some protection against that. Sure. You know, there's like a few layers. I'm sure that's what the oil companies were thinking too. Right. Well, you, <laughs> right. know, you guys know about that journalist that died a few years back. Uh, and they ended up ruling that his car did get hacked and it drove into a tree. Oh, I, like, I heard. Oh, really? They, about they, that. They, I, they, they I didn't know to, that that's what they ruled. Well, <laughs> or that's what they found. I, I guess they didn't rule it in the court, but yeah, some private investigators had really gone in and done the work and said like everything about it looked like foul play because mm-hmm. they tried. I think the court ruled it as like a suicide or something, or that's, or, or maybe that's what they said in the media. I'm not too sure mm-hmm. on the on you know the differences, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they he like hit a tree at like 60, 70 miles an hour or something and, like that. And, and what was he reporting on? There was something that was like uh, he had spent time, I think, in Iraq with under a certain general. Um, I don't, I'm not too familiar with all the details, but I do know that he heard something that was unsavory about the general and was uh, writing about you know his experience over there and he said some things that kind of painted this um, particular set of troops in a bad light and specifically painted the general in a bad light. Uh, they were doing some, I don't know if they were necessarily war crimes or if it was just some shady shit that they were doing over there, but uh, yeah, he came back and wrote a whole article exposing all this stuff and um, and yeah, the, so the, the theory is that maybe that general or or somebody that was associated with them had the car hacked and had this journalist killed as as a uh, as a result but you know sending a message yeah don't fuck with the general yeah <laughs> <laughs> some scary shit though Hell yeah man and that wasn't even like an electric car it was just like there were enough electronics in the car for them to be able to hack it well you would think with that OnStar stuff that they got you know remember that back in the day and then uh what was that other thing, low jack or whatever? If your car gets jacked, mm-hmm. you know, gets stolen, it was like a tracking device and okay. like a pinpoint where it was at and shut okay. it off. I right. think even. Okay. So you would think with those technologies, it wouldn't be too hard to hack into shit. Yeah, if you can go one way, you can go both ways. Yeah. I mean, Teslas get like updates all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah, man, crazy shit going on. And did you guys see like? Um, this last thing with Rand Paul and Fauci, mm-hmm. how he's calling him on this, uh, what's it, it's called gain of function. So mm-hmm. the, the theory that Fauci believes is called gain of function with these viruses. And he thinks it was in a lab? Fauci said that? No, no. Oh, okay. Fauci's denying the fuck right. out of it. But here's the funny that's thing the about it. That's the lab leak idea, is that it's gain of function. And well, Fauci reinstated gain of function research because it was like, uh, sorry, you go on, go on. What, what, what is gain of function? Gain of function to my fucking understanding of it or my ability to explain it is where you find these viruses that these animals might carry Mm -hmm. right and then you start to fuck with them and make them almost like 
extra aggressive. Yeah, so that they could infect they humans. They could make it they more could, infected. They could right. make it, yeah, yeah. you know, they could kill you more right. often. And without a host or without yeah. a, what do they so call they, it when there's an intermediary? Yeah. So like... They use intermediaries. With, with SARS, mm. right, it came from the bat, but right. then it got to a ferret or yeah. to some fucking animal like right. that. Right. And then that transferred it. It had to that have mixes, a intermediary. Because it mixes yeah. the functions. I think that's that, what yeah, it yeah. means. Those are the functions of the virus. Yeah, yeah. this is what Brett Weinstein talked about because yeah. he was saying uh, like there was no uh, there was no way for it to jump from bats to humans without it. It, it was too contagious, too, too, yeah. too fast. That's uh-huh. what he was saying. He right. was saying that back in June. Well, because he was right. saying when yeah. it goes from species a, to species, yeah, it, it actually degrades over time. Before it gets like, really well fit to humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they use ferrets in those gain-of-function places. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I heard, that um, Obama stopped gain-of-function research or paused it, mm-hmm. and Fauci reinstated yep. it. Right. Um, That's what I heard too. Yeah. So before, you know, 2020. And so then, okay, so Fauci's in charge of financing all of these gain of function laboratories, right? And so Rand Paul is calling him on that. And Fauci is vehemently, is that how you say that word? Vehemently. Vehemently. Trying to make it like sound. Sounded right to me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like emphasizing that they did not, you know, fund that Wuhan lab. But there's a fucking um, memo that was released by his second, by you know his lieutenant or whoever, whatever you would call him, his second in command, that was directly stating to stop all funding to the Wuhan lab upon the outbreak. Right. So Fauci, on one hand, is saying they did not fund this lab, but on the other hand, his fucking top guy sent out a memo to stop funding the lab. Mm. And again, it's mm. just like, okay, well, we're listening to this fucking dude, Fauci, who is potentially involved in this. Mm. And the so then there's an intermediary, right? That I forgot what they're called, but they did a lot of work with um, the Wuhan lab, funding it. Well, those are the guy, the guy who headed up that agency mm-hmm. is the guy who they hired to investigate the lab, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's right. insanity. There's a lot of weird but, little connections. But then the stuff is coming out and, um, you know, Fauci is to the Senate just denying this shit, right? But you got proof on one hand that they were funding it. Mm-hmm. Um, At the so very it's least. it's really interesting. Yeah, Sam Harris had a uh, podcast recently that was like, uh, manufacturing an apocalypse or something like that and mm-hmm. it's all about it's the, this other dude has a badass podcast called After On and he interviews scientists he's really dope uh-huh. a lot of AI stuff yeah and his whole thing was it was all about um, that there's going to be a man-made virus epidemic that's yeah. the whole thing is about and he was making the argument just that gain-of-function research is just a bad idea because it's like because you accelerate it yeah, and, and of course, and things get get they do escape. Like the mm-hmm. last smallpox mm-hmm. um, infected person that died from it came from a lab. Yeah, and then he talked about that they found like a bunch of live smallpox in some warehouse that they didn't even like that someone had forgotten it was like just in there. left yeah. behind. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah. what's well, like, this vile? Uh, we'll let time <laughs> take care of that right. one. Sorry, we left yeah. nuclear weapons <laughs> sitting around. Right, so it's like that. It's very Crazy. much like that. Because yeah, we see now how much it could like. You know, the whole turn the whole world off mm-hmm. a virus. And this is a low level virus, yeah. right? Imagine, yeah, because SARS, what 
killed like 15%. Is that what it did? Some, yeah, some real yeah, high yeah. percent. It can be much higher numbers. And, and more, it, even more. this is 1% approximate, right. give right. or take. And then you yeah. look at the people who are dying from it, at least in the U.S., and it's like, well, how can you even really say 1% because of the comorbidities that mm. accompany those that have died? Yeah. Right? The, so there's some gray area on the numbers. I feel like the thing a lot of people overlook is, are you dying from COVID or are you dying with COVID? Because that's, Mm -hmm. I think at most cases that you look at, somebody was already in a severe state of declining health and then they got COVID and they just happened to die after being COVID positive. Now, was it the COVID that caused it or was it the the type two diabetes and already being, you know, on on the brink of, of, too far gone <clears throat> i don't know that's and and the other thing is nobody's talking about the fact that flu has been non-existent since yeah covid came around yeah they said like a super yeah, what happened low to the number flu? like where are those there was like yeah i heard zero cases in europe someone said it's because the flu comes from south america mm-hmm. every year it all, like it always comes up through mexico south america and because all the flights and stuff there's one like possible explanation yeah but, but wouldn't you mm-hmm. still have it i mean wouldn't the virus doesn't necessarily like go away die seasonally off. right and it's wait for a new one yeah. right so it would still be in circulation mm-hmm. somewhere and they yeah. say that um typically why the there's flu season is because then more people are indoors close to one another as opposed to being out you know but and, it's always a variant too mm-hmm. right yep. so you don't have the antibodies right mm-hmm. right that's how it's going to be with covid you're gonna to have to keep getting covid shots Right. Which, okay, yeah. so this is fucked up, kind of based on what you were saying and based on what you were saying and based on what you're going to say. Right? <laughs> you know, he made a point that was very good, but we talked about part. And that's saying you, we repeat oh, ourselves all the time. So <laughs> just watch our last podcast. All right. Um, but seriously, like, that. so Neil deGrasse Tyson, okay? Is that Neil yeah, deGrasse? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he's made the statement that like um, people who don't get the vaccine because, you know, they heard it from, you know, not to get it from some conspiracy theorist or from somebody or whoever. And he's kind of making fun of that and saying, but they're not listening to the scientists on this. Basically, he's saying you're fucking stupid Stupid. for not getting the vaccine, right? Or whatever word he might use in that place. But it's like, look at all the fuckery that these scientists have done and been doing. And then when we talk about like, you know, the comorbidities and diet and all that kind of stuff, how come no scientist came out and said, well, you guys should be doing this stuff so that when we do have the vaccine that man, we're fucking really after it. And so it sucks when you got somebody that, you know, I kind of respect his position a lot. You know, I, I think he speaks well and I, um, like a lot of what he says, it's deep. But then you hear shit like this and you gotta wonder, I gotta wonder. It's like, well, how the fuck can you say that when you didn't come out earlier and say what science knows is that you gotta build your immune system, right? You gotta be healthy, you gotta be doing these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for me to even like know where to turn on getting information on this vaccine because what I go through with all of my experience and you know knowledge and we've got pretty extensive knowledge in this not in the lab testing science realm but more in the you know life living realm it's like everything that i know says don't fucking get this vaccine you know um Mm. so it's kind of an interesting 
dilemma. Well, definitely one thing I'd say is like it points to our like beginning to not trust um, institutions, things in power, science itself. Yeah. Like I see it in myself, and I I don't like it, you know. So I'm I'm still on the fence, you know, as I am with most things, um, and. I am am I value greatly value the scientific method. Yeah. I used to think the scientific institution, and I still do to some extent. Um, but now I find myself like questioning um, what it is saying as like a whole. Yeah. You know. Um, so when I was a kid, they said take antidepressants. This is how I related to yeah. myself, and I'm like that doesn't seem right. And I never thought it seemed right, and I still think it was wrong, especially to give to a kid, or let's not say wrong for me or whatever. I thought that there were other ways that would be healthier. I didn't trust it. And it hadn't right. been tested. And, I mean, and, and some of those tests now show that it can have, it can actually the, create the problems it's supposed to be. A ton of those um, fucking yeah. tests. Yeah. And yeah, but doctors still tell you, like, because I was on antidepressants, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they tell you, you know, we we don't really know. We have to te- wait for a month, see how you react to it, mm-hmm. and how that goes to see if yeah. it even works. So and then you a lot of this science is, I guess, sci- I, I wouldn't doubt the scientific method, but I would, you know, you add humans to it. And so well, the problem is, yeah, humans have to point it at something. And then there's right. also intention. Mm-hmm. That's so, the intention, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But don't you think with this, this is my opinion. This is my opinion of the vaccine and with a lot of this shit going on. But I'll kind of direct it your way. So if <laughs> they fucking, before they prescribed you antidepressants, mm-hmm. if they said, okay, let's look at the real world you before we get inside of you and say, well, what can you do to change and to fortify what might be leading to some of this depression anyway. So maybe we address diet, maybe we address lifestyle. Um, Maybe it's like, dude, you just need to fucking move away from the friends that you've got. Or this guy is fucking holding you down. Or, you know, you, you gotta take a look at your life. And again, I look at that like the vaccine, right? Well, if we make ourselves healthy and fit and resilient, then it makes sense if those aren't enough to take it that next level of where, you know, putting something else into you would be beneficial. And I think that that mentality, right? And I I understand there's going to be people that say, I don't want to fucking do the work. Just give me Mm -hmm. a drug, right? But that... I think that mentality, though, is almost completely non-existent besides on the fringes of saying, why don't you do this first, try this, try this, try this. So if you would have had, or maybe you did, um, that experience, would it have changed, do you think, your um, either amount, length of time that you were on those drugs, or even getting on them at all? Oh, it definitely, in my opinion, it would have, because it did. Yeah. Years later, I, a couple of years later, it wasn't too long, but mm-hmm. I um, changed state. I came to Colorado, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, different people, uh, different lifestyle, different things. And that definitely helped me. But I had decided 
before that point that I was going to quit on my own. So mm-hmm. I was already working on that. I was literally, I know this is not advised, <laughs> but I was taking the capsules and counting the pieces and taking off a specific amount instead of doing doses that they give you. Um, Titrating I down. Felt, I felt like I had more control over mm-hmm. throughout the weaning process, basically. Um, but the lifestyle helped. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe that. However... I think healthcare right now is not very preventive. Um, it's always a patchwork, so mm-hmm. people always want the easy way out. Uh, even yeah. yesterday, I went. It's not. It did, they don't even care. Like going to the doctor it's if you want a specific. Yeah, you want a specialist appointment <laughs> and need to get a refer. You need to get a referral mm-hmm. if you want to go through insurance, right? And but that referral depends on the doctor. And so if they say, oh, you don't have anything right now, you know, you might be, or it doesn't warrant a referral, mm-hmm. they, they say literally, I can't bill, like, I have to justify it to the insurance mm-hmm. before I can give you a referral. So none of this is, you know, made. Well, just to, like, further elaborate on it, because this is something that's been a big part of my life, too. Like, I was, like, Justin, where I, growing up, I had I had severe anxiety. I had, like, issues with depression. And, and in hindsight, like you're saying, it's, it, was, it was more environmental. It was more of things I was going through. It was the fact that I, was, I had experienced traumas that my brain had already blocked out. And, uh, you know, as I got older with time and started to really listen to my body, I started to understand them most of it started with nutrition and then it was my surroundings and my environment around that and my lack of a sense of community because to me like I used to go to the skate park and that was my community but even at that a lot of times I would socially withdraw myself and um to Anna's point though like as far as doctors go their solution was always to offer things to offer medication and and uh you know I I used to resent doctors for that reason. I used to resent the the, med- the medical community thinking that it was a scam and that it was this big kind of conspiracy. And in, in a way, it kind of can be viewed that way. But I think more than more than that, it's a it's it's the sad reality that probably and I, I don't know the actual statistic on this but i would guess 85 to 90 percent of your medical doctors are never trained in nutrition so they don't even understand that aspect of what might be going wrong with you like i think like the average medical doctor has to take like a six-month course in actual yeah, yeah I, I think i'm being generous really, with that yeah it's really small really short and uh-huh. so most of them don't even know the biology of what's happening when when you get a certain uh you know percentage of carbs to fat or protein or whatever like i'd be willing to bet most people that go in with depression or anxiety or anything could just either eliminate some things to their, from their diet or maybe they need to add some things. Yeah. Do some physical stuff. And physical yeah. stuff being the most important factor of all that, right? And, and resting. Yeah. Resting. That doesn't happen very yeah. much either. But it's all, it's all funny because it's all connected, right? You're not really going to sleep if you don't exert your body. You're going to be right. under that insidious stress mm-hmm. that just, Can't you know, that just kind of stay. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's not stress that you know, warrants growth, you know, or that, or that perpetuate, uh, yeah, you know, makes you grow, right. It's just drags you down. It's a weight Mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting how like physical stress creates mental relaxation. 
and maybe even opposite. It's like mm-hmm. that. We talked about that once. What's the opposite? There's psychosomatic and there's som- somatopsycho, somatic mm-hmm. or something. Like, you know what I mean? I don't share it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what so like your mind can affect your state of your body, mm-hmm. and your body can affect the state of it, of your mind. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. So, but just to add one little thing, when I was speaking with like my doctors, the most they would ask, this was during my depression era, if we want to call it something. The depression era. (laughs) (laughs) The great depression. The great depression. Um, They would ask, so like how many times, do you do any physical activity? How many times a week? So if you would say like two to three, they'd be like, good. Mm-hmm. And then they would ask, are you drinking enough water? Like, what How? What do you normally eat? Mm-hmm. More or less. But it's, I could give, I gave them like a simple answer, you know, mm-hmm. a variety yeah. of things. See, I didn't <laughs> and even like, get that. That's good. But then, so that makes me wonder, so wouldn't these doctors, if they have to ask these questions, wouldn't they, even if they didn't go through a program while they were studying medicine, wouldn't they want to become well-rounded? Like, if you have to go through that procedure, you would get to a point where you would question, all right, let's see how nutrition works. I think some do, but then they're labeled as quacks. And I think it's also, this is my opinion, because like every, every time I get into these conversations, it's easy to put, you know, like point the blame somewhere. But I think it's really reflective, you know, the medical community is really reflective of society as a whole right i mean this is the fucking facts it's anecdotal and there's factual right one you can look at the factual numbers that majority of americans are overweight and out of shape those are factual numbers and i believe it's you know like getting close to that 60 percent um and the amount that are obese within that is also a very high number and so we look at those kinds of things and we say, okay, well, now is there a correlation between that and then all of these depressions and things of that nature? Well, that's a little bit harder to prove, you know, w- with statistics. But then you can look at anecdotal data and say, well, shit, it sure does lead you in those directions, right? It doesn't mean that there's direct correlation. Mm-hmm. But we also got to sometimes go beyond what we can actually physically prove and write down and say okay we understand that there's going to be correlation if i work on this then this is directly going to be affected and improved along the way and i think what this pandemic has shown us right is that man there's a lot of people that will just give in that will just throw in the towel that will just be led as opposed to just saying okay i'll be on board why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And does this make sense for all of us? Because, you know, again, when this is over, there's going to be a hangover, right? We're going to see how many businesses mm-hmm. really survive I think, this. And I think that's that's down to trust. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about who who would go along, as you say, yeah. you know, um, is it, it's about who trusts, like, the system and the people saying, mm-hmm. right? You know, because so what I was thinking when we were on the health mm-hmm. thing was, this is where I thought you were going to go was, 
which you kind of did, uh-huh. was like the personal responsibility. That's what like, I'm saying. Is cause that because what I was hearing is like, like what is a doctor supposed to do for most things anyway? Right. You know what I mean? Like, what do you? So I, I mean, so, like, how many people would listen to me if they mm-hmm. if there was a doctor right there? Mm-hmm. Okay, you got a doctor, and then you got somebody with my level of experience, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I got 30 years in this field, mm-hmm. which is more than a lot of doctors have in their fields, mm-hmm. right? And I've got equivalent to PhDs in my field of study. Mm-hmm. And my field of study is very physical, right? Mm-hmm. But the the process that I'm going to give them and the process that the doctor is going to give them, it's like, wait a second. You mean I get what he's going to say out of this little pill? Who the fuck isn't going to take the little pill, right? Majority right. of people are. Mm-hmm. As we see, they're overweight, out of shape. And I heard some recently called the comfort crisis. Yeah. It's the fucking, Damn, it's that's, the fucking that's a great it's term. Some, some dude was on Joe. Yeah. He wrote a book on it. We are in a comfort crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that's what's so cool about, I think, what we've done through the pandemic, right? And this goes back to, I'm always going to push jujitsu and training. But when you've got something like that, we built a community, right? So everybody, even if we're introverted as fuck, right, <laughs> still has a community yeah. to hang yeah. out, yeah. right? You come in, you roll, yeah. we get high, we fucking yeah. talk shit. And um, you've got that camaraderie. It's also resiliency. We've been pushing that, right? Just, man, come in. Just Mm -hmm. fucking work through it. And then what does that do? All of those things help you build your confidence so that you can deal with shit like that. And I think so many people, because we don't have a lot of external conflict, right? We don't understand how to deal with the internal conflict because it's way easier to deal with, you know, Anna being pissed at me for something and we fucking figure that shit out than it is for me to get into myself and battle all of these demons that I got to deal with. So we don't practice that. But we, so we live in that comfort zone, right? We don't yeah. have anything uh, else. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu fucking yeah. is an answer and weed because fucking, <laughs> right? It, it's a buffer yeah. though. Mm. It really is a mind, you know, mm. like, yeah. It, it changes your perspective. And this goes back to what they're trying to do with antidepressants, right? It's trying to help you calm down enough so that you can change your perspective on the position and place you find yourself in. I mean, weed does that without all of these fucking other side effects that you have. So my problem is, is they give you the antidepressants and while that might be the intention, they don't explain to you how to observe from that place of uh, trying to improve and mm-hmm. trying like while while the antidepressant might be the thing that gets you into that space or calm you down enough to be able to to mm-hmm. confront that. Mm-hmm. Nobody's giving you the guidance when they give you that pill. They just say, "Here you go." Because it's reflective of what That's, we are as a society. Well, right? Or you so go then, to a therapist, mm-hmm. and then they keep help. Like you'll work through if you see a therapist weekly or every yeah. two weeks, they can help you work through some of that stuff but they're not the psychiatrists or doctors that did give you the medicine so uh, yeah. yeah but again i would still relate it to like a self-responsibility yeah thing. right because you like, still have you to get yourself up to go yeah, to therapy right yeah i mean you can't expect anyone to tell you like what to do isn't know? that but isn't that then what you're saying so fucked up about what's going on in this society because mm-hmm. even when we break it down it wasn't your fault that you had depression, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Our situation, we, we could sit, right? Straight, straight, but yeah. you still got to fucking deal with it. I mean, mm, yeah. 
you know, even if somebody gave you a bunch of money, that's not going to solve your problems. That might temporarily put a Band-Aid on shit. But, Mm -hmm. you you know, so we got to solve those problems. And the way that the culture is going right now, it's like it's everybody else's fault. And you're not responsible for the woes that have been brought upon you by the white man. (laughs) 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 You know, it's okay. (laughs) I've been uh, getting into that uh, that Ayn Rand idea I told you about last time, that selfishness, she calls mm-hmm. it, the virtue of selfishness, mm-hmm. she says. Maybe provocatively, I don't know, but I think one thing that it boils down to is it's like it's a it's about morality. She's she's battling against the idea that to sacrifice yourself for others is the better thing to do. That altruism, she kind of talks. I still like that word, but she she says that's actually a bad thing mm-hmm. that to do things for others you should do things for yourself mm-hmm. so the basic argument's like if there's like some some dude robbing people and fucking people up and you know doing bad wrong things you know so most people would say oh but if you're selfish then you're just going to be this like murderous uh unethical you're going to slob you know you're just going to eat cake all day and mm-hmm. fucking you know, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, you know, like, uh, just like Consume. satisfy whims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so rather than that, like the robber is actually not doing what is good for his, because so selfishness, uh, she defines as, or she read the definition as concern with your own interests, mm-hmm. right? And so to rob people is actually not in his own interests, because he's, he's satisfying a whim to get money, to... Maybe he did something wrong already, and he's on parole, and you know what I mean. Putting just, himself in ultimate harm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I would argue even doing. He's actually acting against his values. Mm-hmm. He, he knows that that it's not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So so then it's all about, in her view, like uh, rational selfishness. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about what actually is good for you, and then act on that. So the whole thing being that, like morality itself is like a guide to action it, mm-hmm. te- it tells you what do I value and then how do I get that thing that I value and so it is in your selfish interest that everybody around you is happy you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's in your interest that your girlfriend's not fucking depressed and, and pissed off and you, and you take and take and don't give right that, that creates bad things for yourself right. but just that other part right. of it too to relate it to the doctors and stuff that you have to figure out what's best for you you know, right. and yeah. and it is nice to have people to trust, though, too. You know, what I mean, you would like to be able to find experts and people who are masters at stuff. And and maybe I don't know, like we look to some big overarching authority, which is an odd thing to do. But maybe like, you know, it's, it's confusing because like cultures, culture can be can hurt us because mm-hmm. it's a limiting thing, you know. But it's also it can help us because it gives us patterns that, of things that work. Right. You know what I mean? So and it gives you a sense of mm. belonging. I mean, if yes. you don't if you don't have purpose for something, mm. it's hard. Let me backtrack. This goes along with purpose. But what you said a minute ago is people don't think. You were saying you didn't stop it there, mm. but mm-hmm. you said that in the sentence that you were saying, right? And and for me, that stops right there because people right now don't think. They don't want to think. They. I mean, look at the way we communicate. We communicate with memes and we communicate with short little, you know, gotcha kind of um, things that catch capture your attention that you don't really have to think a whole lot about. And so our information is drawn from these without any kind of real in-depth thinking. I believe the fucking 
left side of the center right now is just been consumed by that mode of lack of thinking, right? And so that becomes a big problem because it takes a lot of work to think. I mean, it's even theorized that thinking takes way more calories, like deep thinking, than just working out on a hard workout, right? The amount of energy that you're burning Mm -hmm. to do that. And we're not teaching people how to think because we're letting them be you know like what we're saying it, it's your fault it's your you know or it's someone else's fault why I'm like the this system. why I'm right the mm-hmm. system fucked me mm-hmm. and then what you're saying with Ayn Rand is I mean that self you know um, serving so to speak mentality mm-hmm. is the cornerstone of capitalism right because if I make my business grow mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. gonna help You guys, because you guys are either going to have a product that I need or you're going to be a customer Mm -hmm. or you're going to have references or you're going to have raw materials or you're going to be able to, you know, give me technology, whatever Mm -hmm. that might be. And so what these fucking people are doing is killing that idea because they want to make it like it's like a it's a malicious selfishness in the regard that I want you to be like what I think is right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's that blanket kind of approach. I heard uh, Jordan Peterson say the other day this sentence, he was like, he's like, as soon as the evil's not in you, then you're on shaky ground. I think Mm -hmm. that's how he put it. Mm. And right now everybody's saying, you're you're racist, you're this, you're that. I mean, you're the bad person, you're the wrong, you're evil though. That's the step that, you know, it goes into like, some other thing, some right. hateful kind of acceptable thing. corruption, though, right? I mean, at mm-hmm. least that's my mm-hmm. belief. Is that, like that if, if you mm-hmm. are comfortable with a level of corruption? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck, man. Well, because you're honest about who we are as people. Because right. we are like sinful yeah. vice. You know, we do we do wrong shit. We think wrong shit. And it's yeah. fun to be corrupt, <laughs> man. I mean, okay. let's because we were talking with my buddy Christoph. We're gonna have Christoph in here, yeah. and he's a fucking man. This guy's out of his mind. Um, cool as fuck. But we we were kind of having that discussion, and he's like sixty two. You know, he's on a little different path right now of being really trying to be really spiritual and you know just and you know because he was a corrupt motherfucker not in a bad way Mm. but kind of like me in that level of corruption which to me that's fucking fully acceptable what do you mean by that corruption with values yeah you know i mean i've got so so for me i Mm. think fighting is 100 percent on the table all the time Mm. okay so i say this i got three reactions to a problem one like a problem that i'm having with you like a conflict we can negotiate and we can you know um come to terms come to an agreement right i'm totally cool with that diplomacy mm-hmm. two one of us could yield we could say you know what it's just not worth it for me to put this in you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna let you fucking take this one right or three we can fight to me that's always on the table because if that's on the table then it encourages number one or number two to happen. So you're saying that Intention. a little bit of a little bit of violence is corruption. Definitely. I think violence. <laughs> well, I don't think so, but I think a lot of people would view it as corruption. I think mm. there should be bullies. I I want to see bullies. Mm. Bullies directly helped me go on a path mm. that I might not be 
you know, like, um, so I'm not saying that I'm above people in any area, you know, than, than not. But there are things that I've got, qualities that I possess that um, a lot of people struggle with. Like, I've never been on any kind of antidepressants. I can't remember a bad day that I've had in my adult life. And I've recently gone through some pretty significant changes and I've been pissed inside of that day, you know, at a couple periods of time. But when you look at the collective day, it's like, man, that was fucking pretty interesting. You know, you get to feel emotions you haven't felt in a while. You get to attach to things that um, you don't see very often. You get another reference of how to look at things. So there's things like that that, you know, you possess that fuck i don't know where i was at no, I'll, I'll pick it up right there okay. because i because because you sparked like <clears throat> something you said right there about like you think that there should be bullies i think i think right. every, everything you're saying just perpetuates the argument for why we need freedom of speech and why it's made this country to you know arguably the greatest country on earth uh what it is I, I mean if we took away the bullies if we took away the people that have the bad thoughts and have bad character it takes away incentive for progression in itself right i mean mm-hmm. and and then on the on the topic of what you said as far as having three options and any problem like when you take that option of fighting out then somebody is forced to kind of give in to to that uh you know whatever the the dilemma is and sometimes that's not in either person's best interest and so having that aspect of like the fight could happen forces you to kind of adapt to the situation and start to internalize in a way that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise if you didn't have that threat because like for me like i think about i I could think of a hundred different situations where that applies but like um for instance, being in Pueblo, a big part of the reason I moved was because of a specific incident that happened with these couple gangsters that showed up at the skate park and a, a, a conflict occurred and they were trying to start beef with us and it was either you know, one of the three options. We either try to find a way to settle this with them, which that option was already removed because they were wasted. They were high on pills, they were out of it. One of us succumbs to the other one, which that that wasn't really going to be an option so in this particular scenario the only option was to fight you know i was trying to be diplomatic we tried to talk them down we tried everything else we did try the first two options but these people had it already in their mind they were coming to fight so it ended with this guy trying to pull a gun on me i managed to push him back punch him once got the fuck out of there before anything got worse but if it wasn't for that situation it it wouldn't have um well a that situation let me know what i was capable of it let me know that i was able to be calm in that situation and to to act with a cool calm mind and be able to to remove myself from it but it also made me realize that i wasn't putting myself in the best of environments to begin with you know i was putting myself into these types of situations on a regular and that was by my own choice i i also grew up kind of with that uh like corruption can be good sometimes mm-hmm. mentality where i used to like to be i used to i used to like the grime and and the the danger on the streets so i was around it all the time and mm-hmm. 
when I finally removed myself out of that and started to focus more on myself, as you were saying, starting to be selfish and actually care about what I wanted versus what other people wanted, that's when I started to really grow. That's when I started to adapt to life and start to figure out what it was that I needed as a human to get better. And and then to further your point with the bullies, when I moved up to Denver, I was this kid coming up from Pueblo that had zero experience in music. I was initially trying to be a pro skateboarder, but that didn't pan out. So I was trying to wanted to be a head chef. Like I, I, I tried all these different avenues, but once I got into music, it was like <clears throat> there was this there was there was already a, a scene cultivated here in Denver, obviously, and and that's what I wanted to be a part of. And I was telling all these guys years ahead that I was gonna be playing on stage with them one day and I thought it would have been more open and welcoming to come up here but for the first probably two or three years like and I'll say I was getting shows I didn't deserve I was booking shit that was way out of my league at the time but I had so much opposition to me I had so many people trying to pound me back down trying to tell me like you're not going to be like you're never going to make it people saying don't quit your day job people saying this like yeah. you don't deserve these shows yeah. yeah yeah i had guys that that have been playing for 5 years locally that couldn't get into these venues that i was getting like the very first show i booked was was at Cervantes which most bands or musicians could tell you that they'll spend 5 to 6 years in this town before they ever get a slot there mm-hmm. and then the follow up show was on 420 sold out with with this big artists with collie buds and and so so i had all these people you know looking at me like why the fuck is he getting these shows what is he doing that i'm not doing he sucks at music and all it did was fuel my fire to want to push harder all that did was make me buckle down and want to prove them all wrong so i fucking kicked it into high gear and i don't know that if i didn't have that opposition that i would have been as hungry to get to where i'm at today so comfortable yeah that would have been way too comfortable. Right. You need those challenges. Mm. I mean, this is like this is a theory that I have, and I tell Aaron this because it sounds kind of fucked up, but the world needs victims for balance. Yeah. Right? I mean, it needs them. People, things got to be consumed. It's got to be consumed by other things. Right. And I think what we have, at least as Americans, and um, then being the species that we are, you know, being humans, is we can decide if we want to be those victims or not. Now, certainly things are going to happen beyond your control, but this is kind of what we talked about last week with um, the idea of the desire to be a warrior, to fucking go to battle, or circumstances lead you that way, right? And we use the analogy of being invaded. Well, if you're invaded, you have no choice at that point. You got to fight. But... If you're already a warrior and you get invaded, it's a whole different animal than if you're a fucking farmer and you get invaded and you got to fight, right? So you got that fight built into you. And um, I think then those types of situations, right, give you a chance to, to show it, you know, to uh, step out of where... You might be like, you might be wearing a tie right now and fucking, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's those invasions that got you to become a warrior. Maybe, maybe. What comes you first, the chicken innately? or the egg? Well, I think the desire, I see, for me, at least. But incentive. Well, yeah, incentive too. I mean, um, like, okay, so I never really thought about this when I was 
young that martial arts was going to pay me money. You, you know what I'm saying? That just, I never thought that it wouldn't. I just mm-hmm. never thought that far ahead of that. But I did know that I wanted to fight and I wanted to go to war and I wanted to be like, I wanted to be tough. So that's where it was like, okay, martial arts and joining the fucking military. I mean, couldn't think of, you know, because there wasn't any gangs out here. Like, I might have joined a gang if that was the thing. But I just thought of something. Like, she's on something there. Like, uh, but what got you into martial arts, if I'm not wrong, uh-huh. is that some dudes are picking on you one day and some, you know... That's what that's what spawned it. So, but, check but it wasn't but the out of necessity. Are, but then there's uh-huh. also the people who are bullying uh-huh. you or right. attacking you, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> can I just add to her question real quick because because this is interesting because I was just going to elaborate and say so if somebody spent their entire life training and they were the most skilled martial artist combatant maybe they never actually went into war or were in a, a true vicious fight so they never got to express it does that make them less of a warrior well, according to some of our previous podcasts, you will find the answer to that question. But... I think so. I think you got to go to war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom I think you got to go to war. I mean, I think... got to be tested. Um, at, at that level. And, like, this is where I question myself. Because I went to war, but, I mean, we used to run combat missions high. So, it's... You know, I can't equate that level of conflict to what was going on in Afghanistan or Iraq. I mean, we went in with that same intent, but we didn't get fucking pounded by roadside bombs. And the opposition that we met were more skirmishes, you know, than a sustained firefight. I mean, there wasn't like heavy casualties received on our end. Um, So I don't know. I, I question that within myself. But I think you have to cross that line. And this is what I think with MMA fighters. We talked about this last week, and I have all the respect for those guys. There's no, it's not a disrespect. But a lot of MMA fighters say that they're warriors and get in, and I can't agree with them because I'm like, we had two perfectly good wars going on while you guys were old enough to go to war. And to me, this is my opinion, is the desire to do that is what separates you. Because in a ring, I know you can get killed. I understand that. But it's very low probability. You got a ref. We, you know, we, we talked about this. You got um, your corner that can throw in a towel. You've got ringside judges. You got some level of protection. You got a cup on. You can't eye gouge. You can't you know, do certain things. Elbows. Yeah, 12 to 6 elbow Guaranteed kills many rescue. people. It seems, it seems to me the distinction you're making is like, Maybe you could say that warrior, the, the, the warrior archetype is a continuum, mm-hmm. right? And there's all kinds of battles that you can have where you get a chance to either develop or like mm-hmm. be Yeah, that. I was going to ask, what is uh, war exactly? But, yeah, so but then, but then, well, then, 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 you know, again, but this is also me not wanting to take away anything from the people that I, you know, went alongside. For me personally, I question it. For them, I don't. Because those guys, if we would have gotten into heavy firefights with sustained casual, you know, just sustained fire, taking heavy casualties, they would have still been there regardless. Because 
They signed up. We fucking were carrying, you know, weapons through the streets of like you said, you fucking Somalia. Yeah, you, we, we had people shooting at us, people trying to kill us. We killed people. You know, we ran raids. We did all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so they would have been there. So I don't take anything away from them. I just hold myself to a little different standard and a question. I question it. Um, yeah. But I think all of those are battles that get you closer to being a warrior. But until that threshold is crossed, I don't know. Now, maybe, so you look at um, that church shooting in Texas about a year and a half ago, right? Where that guy, gunman came in, he killed two people, but then that one guy pulled his weapon and shot him. I would say that guy's a warrior. He crossed that threshold of this is real and I came and I fucking put myself out there, right? And again, that's where I don't take anything away from the MMA person or the kickboxer or the boxer or anybody who fights in those arenas. They're doing more than I am. (laughs) But I still think that they're not there yet. They might be prepping themselves. Yeah. But I... For me, this is, again, my own terminology. If I was going to call myself a warrior, I would have to say, where is the war? Hmm. I got to go. I got to go. If I'm going to be a warrior, where is the war? And if it's Hmm. being a cop on the streets or if it's fucking whatever. But to me, it's to me, it's actual physical war like that. And that's why I'm not too big on the fucking yoga warriors and and that kind of shit. Right. Because it's like, well, so it's more (laughs) about the aspect of looking death in the face and walking into that situation knowing what the possible outcomes are versus having the skills and never being tested i mean that makes perfect sense to me it seems like it's got to be situational for what would define a warrior though Mm -hmm. does it does it mean that in that situation like does it does it have to be a situation where somebody's threatening your life or does it have to be a situation or could it be like a situation where you just like that guy in Texas, for instance, Mm -hmm. he, he, maybe it wasn't his life directly that was threatened in that moment. I guess it kind of was because that guy came in against everybody. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is like, could it be, you see somebody getting robbed on the street at gunpoint and you step into the situation and help. Is that the same thing? Because it's not your life being well, directly threatened. Well, here's what I think, though, okay? Because maybe we differentiate between warrior and hero because that mm. is more the hero. But the warrior is pre- is preparing for war, right? That dude fucking was a crack shot. He... He shot this dude in the fucking head with one shot. I think he shot him in the head um, with right? one yeah, shot. Yeah. No one else got shot. No one else shot. Mm. His field of fire was clear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There were so many things that were right. It wasn't, oh, what a lucky day mm. so that this guy, he was trained as day. fuck. Mm. And so to me, that again is a warrior because if there's no training and someone just rises to the occasion, maybe they've got the warrior instinct in them. But again, and maybe there's one fraction of 1% of the people that have gone through that, that you could say, okay, that motherfucker's a warrior, regardless, they've never had training. But I think it's a mindset of, I want to be a warrior. I want to get myself there. And then it's the opportunities. When is that fucking opportunity? But you're raising your hand, you know, at least... This is what we talked about, desire versus necessity. 
but you're raising your hand saying, I want to go. I want to fucking test myself. And um, to me, that's the difference. So I just thought of something real quick. (laughs) So what if to be a warrior, it's when you're fighting for your life through your mind, body, and spirit? See, I really like that. Mm -hmm. Really like that. What about it's maybe, I I mean, I think when you're fighting, you're fighting for your life. But I think sometimes we give a different set of virtues on that, right? You can still be fighting for your life for definitely your spirit, I would mm -hmm. say. Like you could do it separately, but I'm just saying it has to be all of... I think so. I think all of your essence. I think those are the ones that survive. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just trying to, you know, visualize this in a different way, kind of clearing what I'm I'm with you. I agree with that because then again, is it because people like us, honestly, I don't know about you, but people like me, I'll just say people like me, I'm assuming us, I'm assuming we're not going to war, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You might. So, but, okay, maybe. You right. might. There if are, you're there are prepped, possibilities. I mean, look at what's happening right now. You're There's right. a gas shortage out on the East Coast. Yeah. What if there was a legit, this is how fragile but, but, we are. That's true, but... but uh-huh. in, more in general, mm-hmm. you know, that is a possibility, sure. and I believe in getting prepared and all that. Yeah. But... For me, I'll just say, maybe I won't include you guys. Do I have an intention? Um, the, that warriorness uh-huh. is going to come into my life in on that spectrum much less, most likely sure. than than like a sure. Than, you know, and especially I, I at like, your age. I like the spirit aspect or the because because there are fights for your life that are life or death mm-hmm. because. We can make tons of decisions that take mm-hmm. us down dark paths or or lead to death. Those are right? the more spiritual based type mm-hmm. of fights, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Well, well when I hear this, it's dope. Uh-huh. I like hearing you like yeah. define it and be really right. specific about what that means, because mm-hmm. because I want some of that in my life. But but I'm like, you know, I'm not. You know, what I'm sure. There's I'm realities where, just, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, well yeah. and that's why I question it for myself. It's mm-hmm. like, what opportunities am I going to have? to experience that again, to put myself in that place, right? Mm-hmm. I think those are questions. But then do we say, well, then there's business warriors and, you know, religious warriors. That's and you know, That's what it is. Right. Right. So that's, that's where for me, I've said, okay, this doesn't lessen an individual. That's just douchebag fucking. Yeah. Right. right. So, like so, then, so then I think warrior <laughs> is then reserved for those that go to war okay right I, I, I and take it, I take it. um and i think all of these other things are battle i you know i know but, but again with the spiritual side can i can i just yeah. add to that real quick because because maybe you know someone who really is has a, has that mindset to the to the world is going to say that that's the real battle because mm-hmm. in the end yeah. it's a battle for like your soul absolutely not, not, not just I, I agree not just your body life or whatever and you know we yeah. talked about this a couple episodes back right the monks yeah i was about right. to say i'd love to talk with a samurai like uh-huh. go back in time yeah and have a nice and it, would depend, it would depend on the samurai too though right yeah. and that's right. like yeah. i have yeah. to find one yeah. that's yeah. well-rounded well right and, and it's did they choose to be in that lifestyle or was that lifestyle bestowed right. upon them and that's yeah. what you got and, and that's some where would be more on different angles mm-hmm. of things like mm-hmm. who's, who's the one dude uh, the Musashi, Ronin, Musashi. Uh-huh. there's that type of mindset which yeah. is maybe more corrupt it's kind of like that blind swordsman you ever watch those kung fu movies yeah and this dude was always like fucking bitches and yeah. hot tubs and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah <laughs> those are that level of corruption like that we the, talked about the <laughs> tennis on this but then you would have that thing. other guy that's like Virtuous and yeah, yes. Yeah, Watch the rock. straight line. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. 
who, painting who had a better life and who and who like really you know because this goes back to this discussion we were having right the the monk that was brought up through the monastery and the warrior or whatever who navigated all of these fucked up situations and fell short and was corrupted who reaches that level of enlightenment as well right both get to the same point so to speak but one is based off of faith exclusively and one is based off of lived and you know shared experiences so i don't know i don't know which one is better i know the route that i think would be more fun but do you think one is going to have a superior ending than the other you know what i'm saying one seems to carry more weight for sure i mean having but which one which one carries more weight i feel like the resilient person that's got to go through all the failures to but still it's, make but it that's kind of how peak. you frame that right <laughs> right yeah yeah, I, yeah. absolutely yeah you did <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. I, I might want to argue that both paths are actually the same like even though maybe you could say one's internal one's uh-huh. external yeah right like yeah. one dude's just sitting uh-huh. you might think but monks are cleaning and and some of them are like training no, I, and doing all that i, shit. I get you know all I mean? of that um, but it's all based on the tutelage of the environment that they're in and monks aren't typically known for worldly experiences they're known it's for exactly the monastery yeah. you know right. experiences which are exclusive they exclude the, the and, regular life really. and so then this is what i because what you said right which carries more weight which is a heavier stone to carry on your back the lack of experiences and having but to carry the stone of faith but you have oh okay. so then there's oh, okay. so sorry so then there's um warriors that hang out at bars and uh, sleep with women. Uh-huh. Then there's monks, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then there's the warrior you're talking about. Can I just I ask might real be the quick? warrior that hangs out at bars and <laughs> sleeps with women. Well, my, my question okay, is, but the one, see, it's three, so that one falls in between. So yes, of course, it includes that aspect yeah. as well. No, not the, to the worry. Corrupt warrior. Not to worry. <laughs> I'm just wondering, is everybody who goes to war a warrior? No. Huh. Okay, because that's that. I think that's the because I think I, I think you've got to have a desire to possess those skills to refine. Like to me, a warrior, a samurai epitomizes in my mind a warrior or a Comanche warrior. Right? Epitomizes in my mind what a warrior is: a U.S. soldier, combat soldier, infantry ranger, SF, because they choose. To do that, they choose to refine their skills. They choose to develop expertise in that. And at least the people that I served, everybody wanted to go to war. They didn't necessarily want to kill people, but where else are you going to test yourself? What can you do that's going to test yourself greater than that? When we got noticed that we're going to Somalia, it was kind of like you could see it in some people's eyes. Like, this is fucking gonna be insane, mm-hmm. right? It was insane. It was fucking madness. Um, yeah. You know. So, mm-hmm. but one thing I was gonna say earlier, and this is—I'll end on this for my part—is <laughs> that we talked about this the other day, right? And so, each one of you, in my mind, is a pretty eccentric individual who's got like talents, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was talking. Amanda and I were talking. We were smoking with Jordan, and she's like called us normals so like 
a man and I are kind of normals because we haven't, <laughs> I don't know if she has had any, but I haven't had any like traumas. Like I've been uh, trying to have traumas <laughs> in my life. Seriously, I used to watch fucking horror movies to try to have nightmares. And so I was thinking, I'm like, God damn, man, how fucking normal am I? with everybody else having these cool qualities. No, I think that's what makes you more abnormal is is that you can have these type of mindsets without having to go through that stuff because this is something, that's something that you chose to pursue. Like you're saying, like a, a true warrior would choose to put themselves into these situations versus somebody like myself that grew up in, you know, my family was, was a good environment, but the... You know, the town of Pueblo's not, it's got a bad reputation. Yeah. It's known as one of the top 13 worst cities in the country, and that's mm. for a reason. And they got like a meth problem and things like that? Meth, heroin, uh, pills were were the most popular growing up, but mm. but the gang activity is like... it. Really? It, it's, it's, I didn't think it was... Okay. It's heavy. It's not, uh, it's not always the most obvious, because it's not like you walk into town and you, you know, you're not going to just see thugs walking everywhere, but it's what I always tell people, is if you go there and you stay downtown, you stay in kind of the main part of town you're never going to get the sense that Pueblo is bad but when you're growing up there when you see uh, a 13 year old kid walk to the the east side and just because they looked at two guys wrong that happened to be east side dukes uh he gets stabbed in the back 11 times with a screwdriver and shows up to school the next week with holes all up in his back like like that that's the kind of shit that i saw on on a regular basis so for me it was like to to try to choose something that was um i guess held more adversity in my life like war or um you know i i got in fights a lot like there there was a lot of fighting and that was something i guess that's where my scrappy nature comes mm -hmm. from i know you told me i was you said i was scrappy the other day <laughs> and that that's where it comes from is because i was used to bullies trying to pick on me my brother was was 10 years older and he was always trying to wrestle and his friends would come over and i'd wrestle with them and um so i was always putting myself into these situations but it wasn't seeking out like a warrior mentality it was simply because i knew i was going to face some shit when i was going to go out out on the street mm -hmm. the next week or whatever or on that weekend or i i knew anywhere i went in town somebody would be looking for a fight i knew i knew if i had the wrong look like whatever it was like my mom always used to tell me make friends with everybody that way you don't have enemies but the the cold reality of where i grew up was somebody's always Hard looking for an, 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 an enemy. But that yeah. takes us back to what we were talking about. Desire. Desire versus circumstance, yeah. right? Yeah. I was about to say, I bet his little story made you so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think is a little story. But. Let me add a nerdy thing if I can. Because I thought, I, thought uh, I figured something out when you guys were talking earlier about the desire versus um, necessity. Is uh, like, uh, there's this... You know, you know how they say the so the yin yang male female, mm -hmm. the masculine's the active principle, mm -hmm. right? So it's what does, right? Mm -hmm. Fe feminine's receptive, and there's this image of some god. I think it's even many of them, um, and you know they're they're in t they're in duos there. There's like a a, fem a a god and his consort is like the feminine aspect. Okay, and uh, one of them is sleeping and like dreaming up the world. Right? I think it's Vishnu. Mm -hmm. I always forget that. Mm -hmm. And his dream is like the world. And so that's what he's doing. He's creating. 
And but what's causing the creation is his cohort, the feminine aspect, is like rubbing his feet. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So it's the feminine that is the desire. Mm-hmm. Right? So the desire to do something is 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 then uh, the is the necessity. The necessity like creates the desire mm-hmm. and that creates the action. And that there's like some kind of like loop happening there. Well, that's what she's always uh, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. What comes well, first, that's what right? Think of it. And so and I was like, this that's is what we always right. end on is Anna throwing out this fucking thing that now we got to yeah. think about. And it's like so our whole podcast now we got to go back and fucking redo because we got to yeah. think about it. Well, what you think you come prepared and it just ends there? No. No. Well, that's what makes it great because it's an ongoing discussion, exactly. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll just say from my own nerdy perspective to because you touched on hindi there was uh i mean that's where like my basis of spirituality comes from as you can see i got ganesh and fucking om on my body but is i i think life itself is the loop it is the it is this constant ongoing cycle that's feeding into itself and it's it's the snake chasing its own tail and through my own psychedelic experiences and meditations, what I what I've just seen is is eternity. I, I mean, I I experienced in my own I guess kind of fucked up vision the creation of life, and it was just us all as one Godhead, kind of being bored in this state of non-existence and going like hey like uh, what if like what if we experience something and what's the best way for I guess for lack of a better term, God to experience anything is to just randomize everything and everything that's possible is going to play out over time. Like that it's, it's, we're all just fractions of God looking at ourselves through different lenses. And that's where we get this kind of misconception that everything's separate or individualized. And to me, nothing came first because it all just happened, happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should have gotten into that earlier. <laughs> 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 yeah, damn, see? At the end. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Great. Great. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. And check it. out your is it heuristic podcast? Heuristic, yeah. I'd love to like do a crossover with you guys. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, kind of cross promote. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. And then yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. This is what we do every Wednesday so Stope. we can always mm, yeah open invitation yeah, yeah. yeah. Open invitation. Right yeah, yeah. up until we're booked <laughs> 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 alright all right, cool peace